very wise person said, the main thing that God gets out of your life is the person you become, not the resume you build, not the achievements that you pile up, not the possessions that you acquire. It's just what you'll take into eternity is you. And that's primarily about your character. My, you're my heart, my love. And so, so that's what we're learning about. It's the most important stuff in the world. And we're focusing on that today. I'm welcoming back, you may have seen him before, Roger Brotherton, Dr. Roger Brotherton. He is a clinical psychologist, a researcher, uh, is in the UK, works with folks in the workplace. And uh, Roger, you talked last time about how after about 15 years of dealing with folks in trauma, which is an increasing, increasingly um, troubling word, I think. Lots and lots of us feel like we have experienced trauma. But you realize if you're just looking at deficits and not looking at people's strengths, um, even for folks that are in real deep uh, difficulties, it's very hard to help them much. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And um, I mean, you've probably encountered, there's a whole piece of research now called um, post-traumatic growth, some people will call it, yeah. which is really the study of what's the good stuff that comes out of um, trauma. And weirdly for me, when, when I was studying trauma, um, Back in the day, um, I, at the same time, I was reading the book of James and that whole beginning mm -hmm. where consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you encounter trials of any kind um, for trials test, you know, trials test you and eventually develop character. That's my sort of summary of it. And um, what I found is I was reading that and I said to one of my colleagues, you know, I really think some of the people we're working with with trauma actually become better people as a result yeah. of what they're faced. And so he went away and did a whole pile of research. And then accidentally, overnight, he and I became the sort of European experts in post-traumatic growth, <laughs> traveling wow. around talking about this stuff. Um, because a, quite a lot of work had been done in the States where you are, but, but not much had been communicated here in the UK. And so we became some of the advocates of that for a while. That's here. so cool. Yeah. I, I've read where there's a, uh, a, a, weak version of that which says that trauma can lead to growth and then there's a strong version of it that says actually complete growth cannot happen without trauma mm. and, uh, that there are ways that we grow uh, in seasons of suffering that for some reason just don't really quite happen apart from that yeah. here's what i want to really explore with you today um often when you read books about topics like this character personal growth even spiritual growth they will be at least in the U.S., maybe not in the U.K., in what will be called the self-help section of the bookstore. <laughs> and um, uh, that idea that if I'm going to grow, uh, it's up to me, I can do it, tends to be quite uh, prominent uh, in our society. And yet, uh, part of what we talk about a lot in Become New is... Uh, a summary of the first three steps in the 12 step community, which actually is, I can't, I can't become that person. Mm -hmm. I can't do what I most want to do. Uh, he can, God can, I think I will let him. So I need to find a way to access God, to partner with God, to discover God, to experience God. And you have some very intriguing ways of talking about the role that God plays in the presence of God play so i'd love for you to talk with folks about that yeah i i mean the the thing is that some people will ask me when they first encounter me talking about character strengths to say where is god in all this and i i guess my experience is exactly what you've described which is the moment i try to be hopeful grateful 
self-controlled, humble, etc. I immediately run into my inability to do it, you know, straight away. If you're really, really honest and you watch yourself closely, you notice that you need something more than just your own grit and perseverance and strategy to get there. Um, and so what's interesting for me is I actually ran into the kind of practices I would do spiritually now um, through mindfulness. So mindfulness, probably in the States as it is here, very, very popular sort of notion. Yeah. Some people would draw it out of Buddhism. I, I think you can equally draw it out of the history of Christianity as well. I think both traditions have a history of this idea of being in the present moment. Um, uh, and I've done several studies on this, like teaching sort of present moment awareness, including character strengths to undergraduate students. We put about 200 students through a program we were running, and these wouldn't be Christians. So these are sort of UK, secular. They, they would say, as far as God is concerned, don't know, don't care, but we're putting them through this sort of process mm -hmm. of thinking through their character in a mindful way. And I guess the, the Christian twist I would bring to mindfulness is that I would say, if mindfulness is being present to the present moment, so some people would define mindfulness, it's much more than this, but some people would define it as uh, being in the present moment without wishing it were otherwise, in other words, uh, being with whatever, whatever is right now, that's mindfulness. For me, the sort of additional element of mindfulness for the Christian is something along the lines, it's being present to the presence in the present. It's that idea that sort of say, when... Say, say that one more time, Roger, yeah. that's wonderful language. So it's be, being present to the presence in the present. Mm. So it's that idea that when we sort of stop, um, when we wait, um, when, when we put to one side many of the sort of distracting thoughts and things that come our way, um, we open ourselves not just to the present moment, which in itself can be a bit of a relief. Thank goodness I don't have to think about all these demands on me. But my experience, at least, is that when I do that in a Christ-centered way, I find that there's a presence that meets me in that moment, a, a presence of sort of unconditional love, um, of goodness. Um, I, and if you read sort of, you know, spiritual classics, for example, like The Cloud of Unknowing, the writer of The Cloud of Unknowing literally says this. He says, virtue is nothing more. It's, it's hilarious. Nothing more than, and then he goes on to say, um, a mature and deliberate affection plainly directed at God for him alone. That's mm. the way he defines virtue. That's the way he defines goodness. So what he's saying is that in that moment, that, that, that sort of mature and deliberate affection, plainly directed at God for him alone. The moment we step into that space, I encounter that idea of sort of all the virtues that that's humility, that's gratitude, it's love, it's curiosity, uh, it's mm. persistence, it, it's courage when I need it, um, it it's loyalty and faithfulness. Um, and that would be my way of sort of thinking about how character is developed, really, that I think character develops in almost two directions. One is um, that, that we come to God in that way. We're present to his presence in the present. And then in that moment, we're weirdly, by doing that, you're already practicing character strengths. You're already being curious. You're already being aware of the moment. You're already practicing love. You're already being humble. You're actually practicing it in that moment right there. And then secondly, it also makes you much more aware of those things in the world around you. So you become really grateful for your spouse, 
for doing qu- quite minor things you might have previously overlooked. Mm. You feel mm. a deep sense of connectedness and love for your kids and your colleagues. Um, and so I, I find that that's the sort of psych. Sometimes I call it living in the loop of love. It's this idea that you so you project your love to God, and in the process, somehow God loves through you, not just back to Him, but also back to the whole world around you. And from my point of view, even though that doesn't sound particularly sophisticated psychologically, there's an infinity of science just involved in that in that thing, yes. and, and everything is held there somehow as well. I love that language of living in the loop of love. And uh, uh, we'll often think about um, passages in the scripture, like Psalm 16, 8 is one of the classic ones. Um, I set the Lord always before me. He is at my right hand, therefore I will not be shaken. And then uh, at the end of that psalm, it talks about how there are eternal pleasures in the presence of God. So that idea of being with God as something that fills me with love and joy. Uh, it's like uh, we did not invent that kind of experience of life. Folks a long time ago recognized that. So one more question, Roger, for anybody who's uh, listening right now, thinking about that. We all face this day. Um, somehow it seems like life has a way or the habits of our mind have a way of distracting us and pulling us away from being present to the presence and even more pulling us away from being presence to the presence of God in this present moment. What do you find helpful? What helps you personally do that or folks that you work with? um, What's one or two simple concrete ways people could actually pursue today to be present to the presence in the present? Yeah. And uh, I I think, firstly, if people struggle to be present to the presence in the present, well done. Welcome to the human race. (laughs) That's where we are. That's who we are. Um, I I would also say that one of the things you'll notice is that you will have systematically, relatively structured ways that you avoid the presence of God. Like, we all have our own ways in which we do that. I think, biblically, that's that's what we call the flesh. and interestingly, from a from a psychological point of view, that's often called your character strategy, your aim at sort of affection or safety or um, power or moral approval or, you know, whatever it is. Those are the things that keep dragging us away from God because we kind of just want to do it ourselves and not sit there. But, but the practice I find most helpful um, is, um, I, I mean, some people will call it centering prayer. I actually sort of developed my own approach called strengthening prayer, but it's the same thing, which is basically the idea of I will take 20 minutes twice a day, once in the morning, once in the evening. I'm more consistent in the morning than I am in the evening, I must confess. Um, I, and the main aim of that moment is that I practice simply lifting my affection to God. Um, very often I'll have a single word that I might pick, So it might be love, it might be God. And every time my mind sort of gets distracted or goes off in some other direction, I I return simply to that word and to lifting it to God again. Um, uh, And Thomas Keating, who came up with Centering Prayer, one of the things he used to say is he he had, you know, trainees who'd come to him and say, oh, but Father Thomas, you know, my mind gets distracted from God 20,000 times in 20 minutes. And he'd go, fantastic, 20,000 times to return to Jesus. (laughs) Um, That's great. So anybody listening to us right now, this is your chance. If 20 minutes sounds too daunting, just try 20 seconds right now. 
and that one word, it may be love, in this moment. And then as you think about it through the day, he's always there. Be present to his presence in the presence. Thanks, Roger. Do it again. Do it again? For sure. Yeah, I'd love okay. to. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, it's Tim. I'm the producer here at Become New. I wanted to let you know if you'd like more resources or teaching from John, you can find it at our website, becomenew.com. Also, if you'd like to receive a text alert or the daily email that goes along with each video, let us know at becomenew.com slash subscribe. Lastly, if you need prayer, we'd love to pray for you. There's a group of us who meet each weekday, Monday through Friday, to pray over requests that are sent in from listeners. And so you can text us your prayer requests at the number 855-888-0444. We'll catch you next time.